1: Hello, everybody. What up? Welcome. What's up? Welcome back to episode two of Undermile. I am incredibly ill, so I'm going to phone this in in the maximum way. <laughs> no, uh, I'm going to do my best because I, I love this story very much and I would hate to poop on it, but there will be a little poop sneaking out here and there, I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> in the last stream, we raised over $400 for Hazel's house, which is a pet rescue. They are local. They help with both dogs and cats and many other kinds of animals. They do specialize in dogs and cats though. They help with food programs, neutering adoption, going to high kill States and trying to save animals from there. I love the beans. (laughs) Um, that is where, Oh, she, she's sleeping over in the far corner where I can't get her for some reason. She just picks a new spot to like nap and it's the most random thing, (laughs) (laughs) but it is also super cute. Um, but yeah, she snoozing over there. That's where I got pickles. Most of you know, pickles.
2: Hell yeah, pickles. Mm-hmm.
1: She changed my life, and I would love to make other people find animals that can change their life and also make those animals have good lives. So, uh, if you, every time you donate, we'll be tracking it. Um, high donations will change the flow of the game. At some point in this adventure, the high donations from the first episode will come into play, and some kind of Deus Ex will befall the party and change things a little bit, perhaps.
3: I'm excited to learn what you put together for that.
1: Yeah, because you haven't said
3: whether it's good or bad
1: that's true (laughs) i would love to make it so the more money people give to needing needing animals makes you all suffer (laughs) but yeah let's do a quick intro on who you're playing because they did in fact already meet them last time and then we'll go to angelo dana and zach hell yeah what the fuck is up, Denny's? I'm Max Hobbs. You have
2: heard me on things before if you've li- listened to Help Action or a selection of season Q season Q of LU2. You know what mm-hmm. I
0: mean.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I am playing Valerius Seidenkloben, the necromancer. How dare you?
4: <laughs> Wait, what did I miss? What did he dare to do? <laughs> necromancer. Uh... What up? <laughs> okay, I'm Angela Klug. I play Bosco the Tethered, a badger barbarian who is caught in
3: uh, some barbed wire. I am Dana Ebert. I'm playing Tiana Biscuit, who is something of a mouseketeer. Since we're dropping puns,
5: <laughs> and I am Elazar Thrice Dead, the leper rat monk.
1: Fantastic! Is everyone ready to continue with the story of Undermile? Hell yeah! So. After a great thunderstorm shook the farmland, the Church of Eternal Harvest asked for the guidance of the first crofter to select four awoken who could not refute the hand of fate that played them. Four strange beasts from different corners of the farm, a young and curious corvid wizard from the prodigious rookery of Arcane Academy, having just earned his hat, a hardened war hero stripped of his honor and title and exiled from his noble badger blood clan. A young mouse raised by her grandmother, a once legendary savior of her people, who's never left her home, and a cursed rat gravekeeper, heart-heavy with mercy, whose diseased skin acts as a constant reminder of his past. They were to escort a wanted criminal, a gift, one timble Springwise of the trapmaker's clan, to the Cellar Lords, in a far domain below the Crofter's castle. And after avoiding a second maelstrom, and navigating the old barrow, where forgotten traps lie in waiting and laws mean nothing. They found themselves face to face with a group of armed rats, a troop of trap breakers demanding the liberation of their wanted brother. So the group finds themselves face to face with what appears to be four armed rats with two or more up in the rafters of this kind of cave full of old boxes, discarded containers, baskets, Tiny little barrels, so the walls are uh, vast stacks of terrain. And the one who had approached you said he did not wish to impede your mission, but he could not let you proceed with his innocent brother. And they have their weapons bared. These two things
6: are at odds. You cannot have both. You either choose to impede our mission, or... You let us pass and do as we were meant to do. Uh, Ah, Elisa,
2: I think that there is merit from what you say, but but perhaps there is even a third option. What if they all come with us? Perhaps they can state
6: their case, and we have done our part. I do not imagine that the cellar lords are predisposed to hearing cases on which they have already heard.
2: Mm, That is a fair point. Are you certain that he is innocent? It seems the laws of land are, are,
3: are clear. Well, it sounds like he was guilty of giving food that didn't belong to him. Hardly a crime, but a crime.
6: We are not here to debate the ethics of the situation, only to perform our duty. Unless these individuals can provide for us what we
1: would otherwise get from the cellar keepers. Can you? We don't know what your business with the Cellar Lords is other than turning in our friend. But they cannot get away with changing the laws to their own will, especially when it kills innocents who are trying to help those more or less fortunate than themselves.
6: It is a tragedy of power that that is unfortunately not true. Those in power will do as they will, and those without must suffer it. You are entitled to fight against it, but we would rather not deal with those who abuse their power if we can help it.
3: Perhaps we can find the cellar lords' favour another way.
6: Why exactly do we need their favour? Are they not supposed to help us move through
2: the realm of the the, the crofters? Were were not their directions that we needed? Well, it is their territory. So, to figure out what's
4: going on with the crofters, we should figure out what's going on with the cellar lords.
2: Mm, Agreed. Now... You
4: would... Go ahead. Oh, no, no you no. go ahead. Yeah, fuck
2: it. You, you uh, uh, vagabonds? Ragamuffins? Ragabonds. Your ragabonds wouldn't, uh, know your way around the realm
1: of the crafters, would you? Vagabonds. We are the Trap Breakers. We are a noble order of warriors and hunters who keep the people of Undermile and the Sellers alive. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Oh. I did not
2: mean to be insulting. I don't get down here a lot.
1: We travel between the two kingdoms, helping, without a bias, of the king or the church. And when the king tries to take one of our own, we must act against it. This man may have cost some rats their lives, but he has saved many more in his lifetime, and can continue to do so.
4: Right, well, that is true. Um, mind if I have a little minute, just, uh, just a little time with our with our friend here, Timbo. I'm guessing this wasn't your plan, right? I didn't know they were gonna try to liberate me. No. Yeah, good friends, good friends. Uh, some would say found family.
1: These are my brothers. that'll be no mistake.
4: That's that's how you survive. Yeah, I get it. Same in the burrows. Now, are you okay letting them do this, risking their lives to save you? You said it yourself. You stole from the
1: Crofters. We all steal from the crafters. I just did a bad job of it. Right.
4: Well, you you did the worst thing and that was to get caught. Now, should you accept the punishment of being caught, which is, uh, you know, most probably your death, it, w- it could save the lives of your brothers. Now, I'm seeing here, right, that they can sacrifice themselves to try and save you, or you can sacrifice yourself to save them. And... A whole bunch of other lives, which is, I think, what you like. Now, are you willing to wager that they can take us down when we, right, were chosen
6: by by the first crofter himself? Pardon me, my barbed friend. Uh, why are you posing that there might be violence here? I well, see the need for violence. There are drawn weapons. I see the violence. I would sooner go under their care than do them harm, and I doubt that the three of you alone could handle it, nor any more than the four of us could. So I think we had best talk about this outside of the realm of harm. Oh, when weapons are
4: out, look, it's got my hair all all standing up, my claws are ready to go. I am going to dig
6: so many graves for them, but I don't want to. Your blood-slick fur is held quite firm to your flesh, I assure you, and I imagine it will be held more so once they have let it.
4: Now, I, I believe somehow, Elazar, right, we are, we're on the same side here. We don't want violence. And the only person who can really do that
6: is Thimble. I have already proposed an alternative to violence. And that is if these can provide for us the resources that we need to continue on in our quest. We should see no reason to keep Timble. I believe your name was, under any kind
1: of incarceration. You all remember that the reason they sent you was because... Only the cellar Lords would know what curse befell the Crofters. They live in such close proximity, they're constantly watching them. It would get to the bottom of the mystery.
6: They might be able to, have to, to guide us, right? But they don't know the secrets. The cellar,
1: the lords, cellar do. lords don't
6: know anything. Keepers of power are not keepers of knowledge. Their assistants are keepers of knowledge. Their servants are keepers of knowledge. I assure you, whatever they know is probably known by many more. I only suggest that if there is a way to please
3: all the parties involved, we take it. I have to admit, I think I agree with Elazar. I'm reluctant to draw blades over this.
1: We don't know anything about what happened to the Crofters. We don't go to the castle. Our job is to patrol the outer farmlands. But you no doubt know the secret ways.
6: Places around and through the dark and the shadows. The people we might speak to. I imagine you are not exactly, uh, strictly law-abiding, given your willingness to break the law in this very instance. So I imagine you have... contacts?
1: Working for both kingdoms doesn't mean we have friends in both of them. We're more rangers than rogues. We live on the outskirts. We don't have friends in the city of Kral.
4: Well, that's unfortunate for Tiana and Eleazar.
1: Well,
6: I mean, you're not nearly as as witty as you are talented. You could have lied to us there and used it to your advantage, but I appreciate your honesty. No, they are good boys. I can tell.
1: If fate directed you to solve some mystery, save the whole farm, and it means that our brother has to die, well, then the gods who set you on this path are cruel and unjust.
4: I am an example of the injustice, right? But I think it's all for a purpose. It better be.
2: In the corridors, we see firsthand the giving and taking natures of the crofters. They are not cruel. They are simply arranging the pieces of the world in which we live. Everything we have, we have it their vim.
1: But they can take it away whenever they like. I'm going to have those who are trying to resolve this the most peacefully. I'm going to have you roll me a a persuasion check.
3: God, I hope I'm good at it. Oh, I'm okay at it. (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) Oh, Lord. It's okay. I'm cute as
5: hell.
2: I got a rockin' 12.
5: Cute (gasps) as a fucking go. Hey,
1: you know, that ain't so bad. Max seems happy.
2: Your buddy boy, Valerius, with his fatalistic point of view, gets a fucking crit. That is a 22. Mm.
3: Woo! Is that for a peaceful outcome or a violent outcome? Peaceful with persuasion, excuse me. Okay. Uh, My persuasion roll was a 19.
4: Minus Wow, minus one for a 13.
1: All right. And in addition to that, does anyone have a passive perception of 13
3: or higher? I bet I I do. Yes, I do. God, mine's huge. It's huge.
1: Oh yeah, everyone's awesome. proficient in perception because you're all animals it's <laughs> Like literally every beast template.
3: Yeah, my, my passive perception is 15. It's It's thick and turgid.
1: <laughs> you notice they're not they're not trying to be extremely subtle about it like they're keeping massive secrets from you. but there is an exchange of hand gestures between a couple of the trap breakers and then a very sloppy tethered reply. From springwise, he doesn't do a very good job because his hands are bound in wire. And he looks and he says, If this does end in a fight, it's going to be a tough one. Looking around the boxes all around you. (sighs) Listen, um, I've been held at the church for a while before all this started. They were just waiting to have a reason to bring me back to the cellar lords. It was generous of them to keep me As long as they could, but they did use me as soon as the opportunity arose. And, uh, I know how important it is that you learn the information that the cellar Lords know. And they may be greedy, fat bastards, but they are cunningly intelligent. And they make sure the information is just as much the treasure that they sit on as the hoard that they collect. Um, you will need to bring them a gift. And I'm pretty sure I might be the only thing that will appease it, save for maybe, he says, looking to Valerius, carrying a large ring around his neck. Maybe that. But that was meant to get you into the city. Now, while the uh, trap breakers were not so good at knowing the noble order of things, especially in Crawl, and uh, who to grease palms with to get information, we might be able to help you get in. We could uh, exchange one prize for another, redirecting its intent. But um, if it doesn't work, I, I think it's time for me to, looking to his brothers, just accept my fate. I'm sick of living between worlds,
7: and I'm sick of putting my friends at risk. Truly noble, truly.
3: If Tiana begins to undo his wire cuffs, does anyone stop her?
1: Not me. You understand, though, that if we try to break into the city of Kral and we're caught, we're all at risk, and this was all for nothing.
3: I think we all understand that. Tiana says as she finishes freeing Timble.
1: Yes. And it takes a minute. They took precaution because this guy is a trap breaker. Uh, any kind of shoddy work in his bindings and he would have found a way out. He almost did regardless. And you can tell, even as you start to undo it, that during the whole time you've been traveling... They've slowly been getting looser and looser, slightly more unbound. It would have still taken a while to undo, but he's been busy.
6: Yeah, that makes sense to me. Were it not for a greater purpose, I would no sooner lead you to your slaughter than a named calf. We have grown to understand you a little bit, and I obviously would not like to see you harmed. I just don't know how it's going to play out. Well... It would be a cruel irony for us to be given this task by fate, only for fate to take it away from us. I trust in our ability to do our job.
1: <sighs> Fair enough. So, we, instead of the combat that was going to happen between <laughs> these chosen, which is fine, I like I left contingencies for everything, are going to enter a skill challenge in which the four of you, Timble. And a couple of the Trap Breakers are going to attempt to break into the the city of Crawl underneath the cellar doors.
3: Love that. Yes, I am very pleased with that.
5: So Dana, as a housewarming gift, got me a clicker uh, all the way from the United Kingdom. And engraved on the side is Let's Fuck This Dog, uh, which is the... (laughs) Which is the official, like, pistol <laughs> shot that starts the recording of the League of Requesting most of the time. And my temptation to click it at every interval has been overwhelming.
3: Yeah, you should probably put that down. Yeah, <laughs> You've got a really, like,
1: Smeagol in the One Ring vibe. Just, like, it. it has Love no that.
3: power here. I've <laughs> explained before on the Discord that Let's Screw the Pooch is our version of Let's Break a Leg. And it has become Let's Fuck This Dog. So we say it before every episode. God, it's so good. Gotta pound the hound. hmm <laughs> Fuck off. We've and
1: sometimes so there's some
3: freestyling, <laughs>
1: yeah. We must silence this hound with our sex. <laughs> All right. After making your way through well-marked passages and up a mighty set of stairs, past patrolling rats and weasel guards, and out through a passage that exits onto the surface at the base of a garden statue, A woman in robes whose eyes gently weep clean water that trickles onto the earth after it rains. You find yourself face to face with a towering set of wooden doors, slanted at an angle away from you, leading up to the impenetrable walls of the crofter's castle. It is just past sundown, and the smell of heavy rain lingers in the air, mixed with a hint of rot. And aside from it, the sound of godly wails of anguish fill the air from afar. It would take an army of dwellers to open these mighty doors, yet you see no sign of an entrance. So let us begin the skill challenge. I'm going to get my little initiative tracker back on the screen and go ahead and let's roll initiative and see who goes first.
3: All right. Um,
5: That's a deuce, baby. A deuce. Just like I've been dropping.
1: Keep you near the bottom. I don't have to move your name. Probably.
3: I've got a 10.
1: (laughs) Me too. 12. Ah, so not too much swapping around here, but a little bit. So this is going to work very similarly to the last one in that if you guys are doing anything involving stealth, disabled device, or slide of hand, you can use one of the trap breakers to give yourself advantage. Um, that can happen once every round. So only one of the four of you can do it each time, and then it resets. Okay. That so will start on Bosco's turn. Once it hits Bosco again you'll have another time to be able to use that. But because this is such a well-fortified city and this is off of the beaten path somewhat, this is going to be a challenging D.C.
4: Okay. Um, Now a few questions. Yes. You said gates.
1: So to us as people, what you're looking at is literally a pair of giant cellar doors that lead underneath the house. Hell yeah. To animals, impenetrable.
4: Yeah, yeah. Even a badger of, of my stature. I get it. I get it. Any lookouts? Like, are, are there any signs of people watching this gate?
1: That sounds like an excellent chance to start the skill challenge with a perception check by getting a lay of the land. I know you're proficient because you're an animal.
4: Uh, that's true. That's true. So, yeah, I'll, I'll do the perception. Look for lookouts. Great. Uh, who's going to watch the watch? Boop. That is a 16 for perception.
1: Hmm. Right. You become aware that underneath leading up to the cellar doors, like near the, uh, caverns you traveled through to get here, you left the old barrows and it was, it went from like organic cut earth into the well refined paved brick laid halls of the cellar Lord's domain. There were banners of an image of two doors side by side, which is kind of like the emblazoned tabard of the cellar Lords, the twin doors, And in those tunnels, there were several guards on patrol. Here on the surface, you don't see any visible patrols as far as people on the outside moving about, but you get a glimpse every now and then through the cracks below the cellar door and above the stairs, there are some eyes peering out, constantly keeping an eye here and there, kind of like a a little slot in a door that someone might peer through, but it's the natural gaps between beams.
4: All right, we've got a few peepers.
1: Okay, okay. Um, well, watch
4: out for them. That's all I can say. There, 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 and there.
1: That will bring us to Tiana Biscuit.
3: All right, Tiana is going to try to make a history check, and it's because Tiana Biscuit does not live in the cellar, but she lives nearby, very close. And so I'm wondering if there have been any kind of recent storms or other activity that may have damaged part of it that maybe hasn't been repaired, things like that. So I'm going to use history. Okay. I'm into that. It's a dirty 20. Ooh, a
1: dirty 20. Mm. Well, one thing that you know about recent calamity that has befallen the farm that may affect your progress here or in or aid is that because there has been so much increased activity of of creatures from the forest ever since that first storm, basically the outskirts of the farm have become far more dangerous, the patrols around the cellar doors have been higher than ever, reinforced. In fact, you would guess that their construction is better now than it was at any recent time due to the paranoia of the cellar lords. But you also remember... Basically, I'm going to give you information that is helpful in your task, but not necessarily what you were trying to get, because objectively, there isn't any damage to the cellar door from the storm, and I will reward you for your high roll. You remember that regardless of the fact that the rats or mice of the cellar have to follow the king and the king's law and the lord's law, they do have a thing called hoarder's rights, uh, which means that... For example, if you were a government official rat that was put on a task, you could put that all aside if you found something extremely valuable um, and brought it to the king and it would become part of their hoard and then you would be instantly rewarded. So you can put everything on pause to make yourself wealthy as long as it benefits the kingdom, which is probably what the church was giving you the ring for. You could get past any guard by offering them a ring of great value. And they would say, fine, I'll let you in. I'm going to bring this to the king right now. Let's go. But now you're thinking you might need that ring to appease the king since you don't have a bounty to bring him.
3: Yeah, that makes sense. That is
1: your new information based on things you have learned growing up on the outskirts of the cellars.
3: I will share all of that information with my allies. Excellent. And you are all now far more
1: informed about the challenges at play in trying to make your way into the castle. That brings us to Valerius.
2: Valerius now very aware of the ring around his neck has an idea. He is going to flutter his wings a little bit and try to see if he can get close to one of the windows where he can hear the Crofters wailing. And because his school taught him a little bit of Crofter tongue, because I can try to decipher what they're saying. I'm going to use an Arcana check to see if I can decipher any sort of passphrase or keyword or something like that, I would need to gain access to the sellers.
1: That's very interesting. I'm going to tell you what though. Yes. Fire away. I'm going to lock you into that arcana check next turn. This okay. turn, I'm going to need you to roll me a stealth check to be able to get to a place where you can hear it without giving yourself away. That seems entirely appropriate. Oh, I'm if not you want, you can use the trap breakers to gain advantage because stealth is one of the skills that they are expertised in.
2: I think I will. Looking at one of them, I'll say, um, would one of you fine gentlemen, uh, cover my
1: approach just for a moment. One of the ones that's a smaller rat with black fur pulls his um, hood down a little bit and kind of gives you a wink and pulls it back up. And, uh, he pulls from his quiver. He was one of the ones that had a rubber band bow that was going to be shooting at you. He pulls from his quiver, what looks like a shaved down matchstick. He strikes it on his boot and then fires a flaming arrow towards the cellar door. And with your perception from earlier, you can see that many of the eyes that were peering out through the cracks are all looking at this fire now. And it ineffectively just gets snuffed by old rainwater and the thick wood, but it definitely catches their attention long enough for a crow to take flight.
2: I love this guy. Oh, that's not very good. That is a nine total. Mm. I rolled a seven and a seven.
1: All right, so. You make it to the windowsill. How good that is, we'll find out soon. <laughs>
3: I just like like I understand the crofter's tongue. What do they say? How oh, that fucking bird's back again
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Staring
3: through the window. Guys, the gods are looking at me.
1: <laughs> Alright, let's roll it on over to Elzar. Did you describe a, a statue earlier? A fountain? I did. Um, Basically, the exit from the old barrows into the surface outside of the cellar is a small fountain that's in the Crofter's Garden. And it's the statue of a woman who, after it rains, she kind of weeps water.
5: And it's raining right now, right?
1: It's just past the second big storm. So it's now in the clear, but there's still, like a light trickle.
5: Uh, I'm going to pitch this to you. And if uh, this doesn't work, I have another idea. But I would like to use medicine to take a rotophyta bloom that I have which I use for inflammations of my sores and I'm going to mix it and then grind it up and then stick it into the water source so that and using my healing hands to accelerate its bloom causing the water to turn to blood so that the statue begins weeping blood and use that as a kind of distraction at some point
1: okay you went from like A to B to X to- real fast when <laughs> you went to the blood <laughs> Very interesting. I don't know that anyone who would inhibit you is necessarily studying the statue right now. Fair enough, but we can I we can skip wanna, that. I don't want to cast aside a fun idea. Um, just <laughs> in the context, I'm not sure.
5: I'll keep that in my uh, keep that in my breast pocket. There,
1: <laughs> sure, yeah.
5: Keep that in one of my my pussy folds. Well, yes, uh, oh, the, the blood no. weeping statue
3: is
4: a good play to keep in in your in your Puss folds. pocket. Yeah,
5: Puss pocket.
1: Uh, no, don't sing it to the jingle of a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> li- literally, what are you going to pick?
5: <laughs> what I would like to do is I'm going to put on my most decrepit hunch, and I'm going to approach the gates nakedly. Not literally naked, obviously. And I'm going to, when I approach, I'm going to use insight to test their willingness and, and uh, capacity for empathy and see whether there is any kind of course there. Basically pleading for alms, pleading for help, indicating my own illness.
1: Yeah, I like this. Okay, this is very interesting because this this does kind of light a torch for something that could have come up later. So Awesome.
5: Maybe that's a 17 plus 5. Nice.
1: So it, there's no effort involved in making yourself look pathetic.
5: <laughs> Let me just see here. Let me just see here. <laughs> Oh, that's about it.
1: (laughs) But you tune your senses up to the maximum to try to gauge people's uh, feelings through thick wood. So you go up to the base of the cellar doors to where you're sure the eyes are peering out. And a quiet voice kind of chirps out from inside of the gap.
7: Hey, fuck off. It's past sundown. It is so cold.
6: And I'm so wet. I simply need shelter. Nothing more. I I am a very... Sick man. I am not contagious, but I am falling apart.
1: You see a pair of beady red eyes kind of glare out from beyond the crack and lock with yours. Oh, you're one of those sick ones, aren't you? Are you here for the encampment? Like we need more of you?
6: I have skills. I I have many skills available. I, I will work for free, for
1: food only. Please. With your empathy, you can tell that this guard has... Surprisingly, a uh, predisposed opinion of sickly plague-marked rats, and uh, you are sensing very little empathy from him. But he does seem aware of what you are in a way, probably not to the degree that you truly are, but you are fascinated to learn that there might be more plague-marked rats below. I, I can lessen the load. I can make the less of them. I can heal them. I, I am a doctor. I tend the wounded. I simply cannot tend myself. All right. So we're going to pause yours here with the information you've learned, and we will continue on yours in the next round. If it's still going with, I think either a persuasion or deception of you trying to sell the story to this rat, if that makes sense to you, something along those lines. So yeah, you have absolutely succeeded at learning that this guy seems to not give much of a shit about the lepers, but is listening to your tale. And you've also learned that they, uh, this is a problem their city might be having, and that is information. That brings us back to the top, which is Bosco the Tethered.
4: Okay, okay. So, just to reiterate, Elazar is up against one of these windows.
1: No, he's at the base of the doors, just kind of like whispering um, a conversation to whoever's guarding at the base, like near the bricks in the bottom. Okay. I don't know how
4: much I can help with that. So here's kind of what I'm thinking. May I use nature to try and figure out if there is perhaps some loose stone that I could move then would allow probably somebody smaller than me to sneak past it and maybe gain a little bit of inside access. Please. Yes. Uh, I don't know if my character sheet is showing it, but I have a plus two intelligence. I'm actually the smartest barbarian I know. Mm. That is a 17 on the die for a 21 total.
1: Hey, that's something. While the guards seem to be slightly distracted with the conversation in this um, leper, you do get to kind of move a little closer and study the outside of the cellar door. And it doesn't take you too long to discover that The key to getting in amongst the dwellers within is not to open the cellar door itself, but there are a series of bricks on the bottom that clearly from your knowledge of stone and earth get moved out of the way. And then dwellers can climb in through there. That is the entrance as a pair of bricks that are um, kind of masked as part of the architecture. But you're pretty sure that on the other side of it is some city guards because it is, in fact, the intended entrance to the cellars, but you pick it out in no time. You are now aware of that.
4: I I won't make any vocal indication since I'm right next to it, but I will take one of my claws and make a little X mark on bricks that I think are movable.
1: Cool. I like it. That brings us to Tiana. And also, Hurley, if you ever spell leprosy like that again, I'm banning
3: you. Uh, I I, I was about to say, just, um, I I think the word you're looking for is pustulant. No. Really important that you never say pussy again. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Lord. Okay. So, what, what, Bosco is doing actually fits really well with kind of what I was planning for Tiana. So it changes it a little bit, but I am the smallest of my allies. So I wanted to I wanna look for a place where I could potentially squeeze in. And do we have rules about repeating skills in this skill challenge? I'm gonna
1: go with my classic ones, and you just can't use the same one twice in a row as the person right okay. before you
3: or yourself. Perfect, very classic. So yeah, I was kind of looking at like either acrobatics or stealth, depending on the situation.
1: Yeah, sure. You're trying to get to the entrance unnoticed, basically. Yeah. Yeah, you can either use stealth or acrobatics. I think both of those are very fitting for the context of the skill challenge.
3: Okay, wonderful. I'd love to use stealth then. Okay. So that just gives me advantage? It does, yes. I got a 19.
1: Okay, wow, you're all rolling really good. I'm
3: just a little mouse. I'm just a little guy.
2: (laughs) Whoa, 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 Law. Don't forget about me bringing down the average.
1: That's true. There's (laughs) there's a big old nine haunting the page. (laughs) Yes, so once again, the trap breakers are helping you. You can hear them whispering as they're watching the cellar door carefully and seeing as the guards move about inside, being like, wait. Okay, now, go. And uh, you make a break for it, and you manage to close the gap. And get right up to the marked bricks that Bosco has uh, etched without being noticed. All right, Valerius, we have you locked in with an arcana check to try to interpret what is happening inside of the castle with the whales of the crofters coming from within. Oh, man. Leaning in as
2: hard as I can,
1: trying to
2: put my ear as close to the whales of the the crofters as I can, trying to remember what Barnalbus taught me. Let's see what this arcana check is. I rolled a one. <laughs> Bringing oh, down good. the average.
3: I a, yeah, buddy. I got a six.
1: Mm,
2: mm, boy, today is not Valerius' day.
1: Okay. <laughs>
5: uh oh. Here's the reverse, Max.
1: <laughs> the, the pickle push. <laughs> <laughs> so you actually do find that one of the windows on the back that you flap <laughs> up to is propped open, just ajar, and you actually be like. Well, there's a perfect opportunity to like peek my head in and get a really clear sound, uh, uh, an audience with the actual voices of the Crofter. And uh, the moment you peer your head in, there is a Crofter immediately on the other side of the window. Like they were peering out and in a flash, you see the front of their godly armor is soaked in blood. Their hands have strange white and blue casings around them, also soaked in blood. And the moment they see you, a huge hand creates a near, like, tornado of energy as it just brushes you away and slams the window shut with a mutter of its breath. And for a moment, you just smelled copper and strange unguents and medicine, and it was just chaos.
2: Valerius is going to fly directly back to the group, to his allies, and have a small panic attack. Just quietly hyperventilate in the most crow way possible.
1: And Ah, it's ah, not a good ah. landing. Like, you just kind (laughs) of hit the dirt.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Splat right into the mud.
1: (laughs) Okay, and that brings us back to Eleazar, who is now in kind of a social challenge with convincing this guard to let him in.
5: Can I use medicine to explain treatments and what medicines I have on hand to try and broker my way in?
1: Yeah, I like that. Okay.
6: You have to understand that I have hypnocarpus, which can be slathered on the open wounds, not only closing them, but reducing the possiness. You can also even use it as a as an unction on your own flesh when handling people of this disease to prevent the bacteria from getting into your own skin.
1: Does a 16 do it? Give me a moment to process all of these thoughts because there's a lot happening right now. Um, I also had a a contested role to see of something (laughs) and it was impressive. You catch eyes and get a kind of a clear glance of this rat that's talking to you. Like you think if you had to pick him out of a lineup, you could probably like find his face and you're positive that he now has a clear line of sight of you. And looking you over, he kind of narrows his eyes and thinks to himself, and he's like, So you're a believer of the sciences, then? I am. But it does not inhibit my love of the
6: crafters or the Earth Queen.
1: Uh, Sure, sure. Glory to the Earth Queen and all that. A scientist. You sound smart. Very interesting. You don't think it's enough to garner entry, but you have caught a strong degree of curiosity with this rat in particular. He seems obsessed with an idea right now. And his attention seems to get drawn away as there is soon to be activity behind him at the actual gate. So what happened there is actually quite good. It might not seem like a lot here, but it will unfold more perhaps in a (laughs) short time. Awesome. So we are currently at, uh, six successes and two failures. You never, never guess where those two <laughs> failures came from. <laughs> I Wait, was three failures. Serious. Wait, what are you saying, Zach? Sorry. Uh, Max has
5: posted, I was hatched serious. <laughs> I think that's
1: great. And that does bring us back to Bosco.
4: I know, same team, same team. That was a one. Is that two failures or...
1: Oh, it was. Thank you for reminding. No, I would have enforced that rule had I been thinking about it. But Max declaring a one on the die went right over my head. Oh, it's all good. So we're at three failures and six successes. Same team, same team, same team. (laughs) Thanks, Angelo. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) What you doing, Bosco? Uh, You notice that Tiana has made a break for it and she is now in the hot spot, in the sweet spot. Yeah. At the base of the entrance. Un- unseen to any guard. Okay.
4: Now, I understand, just from the layout of where these stones are, that there are lookouts, and Tiana can't stay fully unnoticed for long. Uh, some of these guards may need to be taken out. I want to try and like listen into the stones for a little bit. If I can you know, kind of tell that somebody's right next to it. And I want to just see if I can shove one of these stones so hard. And then if I, you know, if possible, like do a little jab with it.
1: Yeah. I, I think I, I get what you're going for. Just
4: disrupt some of the guards and have them focus on that and then make
1: a break sure. for it. Well, like, one thing you have to your advantage is there's at least two guards that are currently quite focused on Elazar right now and not watching the gate, but you can tell there's probably a couple, uh, not necessarily watching, but at, like at a stand on the other side. So you're pretty sure you could catch one off guard by bonking him with a brick, giving it a good swift
4: yeah, 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 yeah. And so finally, I will use my prodigious strength.
1: Yeah, let's see that <clears throat> Ath- Latox. That's a natural
4: 20 for 26.
1: <gasps> mm. My dude. No way. All right. Okay.
3: <laughs> so. Beautiful.
1: One of the two bricks that leads way into the entrance to crawl is immediately shoved in the, the groove of the earth after the rain is just perfectly slick having soaked through the floorboards and you completely just take out a stoat on the other side who was standing guard instantly just knocked out Gilligan's Island coconut to the head style.
4: Not to interrupt you too much, but can I, is yeah. a stoat a, a weasel, uh, a ferret? Yeah,
1: it is. It is a mucilid, Yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. For sure. Yeah. You completely just, and, and they're throughout all of the farm. They're often employed as knights and guards. They just seem to have such a high sense of honor and <clears throat> eagerness for battle that um, they make for the perfect kind of stormtrooper.
3: <laughs> okay. Okay. I see.
1: <laughs> and yes, you, you take it out and now the opening is wide and the chaos of losing one of the guards and having some of them thoroughly distracted by this fascinating leper has created an opportunity that the group could quite possibly make a break for it. You have made it to eight successes now, so that is the DC to enter.
5: Realizing that they are doing their thing, I'm going to use some of the the few medicines that I do know have volatile reactions and use sleight of hand to create a quick flash and bubble in my own palm to draw their attention even further. That is a 12.
1: (laughs) Mark this down real quick. All right, you definitely cause a bit of a distraction while the rest of the group makes a break for it into the opening. Um, even Bosco can fit inside of this gate. It is designed for beasts of many sizes. Um, they're big bricks. And uh, if you want, you can follow in after the Melazar.
5: Uh, I was hoping these guys would let me in, but that's okay. Yeah, no. Once they once I realize these dudes are not letting me in, I'm going to go ahead and slink off and then kind of sneak my way back in. <laughs>
1: You Yeah, you kind of have like a fleeting moment of like, well, there's a chance this might work if I play it out. But I, I also kind of want to stick with my friends who have to run for it right now.
5: Fair enough. Don't want to split the party.
1: No. I promise it'll, it'll keep coming up.
5: It, it was a good distraction. I oh, love the idea that everybody else like breaks in and I just walk through the front
3: door. Designed mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. To be so many sizes. Like your mother. <laughs> oh,
1: ah! <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Valerius still looks wide-eyed and panicked. (laughs) So with great haste, the group has to break in to the entrance um, faster than the guards can keep up with. That is really their only option. To help you, some of the Trap Breakers are staying behind to kind of cause more of a distraction and tie up some of the other guards, save for Springwise, who is still accompanying you.
4: They're leaving evidence that it's the Trap Breakers actually that broke in.
1: They're doing what they can there because there's, there's still several guards and they're ready for a fight. But the space that you enter is massive. The huge stone stairs of the castle hang heavy overhead, but the air in the expanse of this place seems shocking to you. There's wooden rafters and cross beams in all directions and many paths through and around them, all just staying out of sight of the castle interior. And you race to a place where some of the wooden beams are adorned with strange metal poles and tangling chains. It doesn't look like the work of a crofter. It's far more advanced than anything you've seen awoken creatures ever make. And there's a huge bird cage lined with snipped pieces of paper covered in foreign print hanging from a series of these chains. And uh, you're not sure what to make of it. You can tell that from behind you, some of the guards tried to follow, but they got caught up in the conflict with the uh, trap breakers. But you do see one figure catching his breath as he runs up to you. And, Elazar, you recognize it as the one who is speaking to you. Just wait. Just wait right there. Oh, you're fast. For a sick guy, you're trying to get into crawl. Yes. You've already made it past the gate, so that's a failure. But you, I think,
7: might be of interest to the Cellar King. I can take you if you want, assuming the reward is mine. Of course, I, I have little need for
1: money. <sighs> then I think it's time for you all to enter our city. And uh, with that, we will take a little five-minute break and then come back to continue the story as the group enters the city of Crawl inside of the Crofter's Castle. We're crawling in here. We're crawling. So we will be right back. I'm going to go blow my nose so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, I love you. <laughs> we'll be right back. Thanks, everybody. Hey all you cuties, welcome back to episode two of Undermile. If you're enjoying this slight change of pace and collaborative story, let us know on social media. We always love to hear from you there. It's past June now, so if you hear info about the fundraiser during the show, please understand that that has ended. And we raised over $1,500 to help animals in need, and that feels awesome. A huge thank you to everyone who donated. All the info you need about LUQ is at the LUQ.com. People ask us the best way to support us, and as always, it's to share the information with your friends if possible, and join the Patreon. I've uploaded all of the artwork from Undermile we use during the stream, as well as a rough set of rules you can use to play your own Undermile adventure at home. Not to mention there's a ton of LUQ game content and character sheets from the shows. You can make a character to join the show's meta or be part of the legendary mid roll teams. Our current teams are the Titans Rise, the Twilight Concord, the Forgotten Legacy, and this week's featured team, the Ceaseless Horde, with Dave Blodnoff, Daniel Pickens-Jones, Patch Perryman, and Jeff Ammons. To get in touch with Slapdash for advertising opportunities or personal messages on the show, reach out to admin at slapdashstudios.com. Undermile premiered on our Twitch channel, so to see more stuff like that in the near future, be sure to follow us at Slapdash Dreams. After Undermile is wrapped, we'll be back to hosting live episodes of LUQ Monday Night with Dana, and Wednesdays me and Zach will be starting a new hardcore Pokemon Nuzlocke series. We are certain to fail, and it will be a lot of fun. But that's enough out of me, let's get you back to the Undermile. Hello, and welcome back to Under Mile. This is Pickles. Say
3: hi, Pickles. Hi, <gasps> Pickles? Pickles. Hi, Pickles. I love you.
5: We've been rolling all these oh, pitnacles in honor of you.
2: Piddicles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I dropped a link in the chat. I'm going to do it again. Um, I know we did really well on our first week, but I genuinely don't want to lose that steam. It's such a good organization, and they were so excited by our first week. I think if they could keep seeing the value of this, it would really change their whole year. So if you have any spare income, of course, please just think about visiting the link. Read about Hazel's house first if you have any kind of questions. I have had nothing but extremely positive experiences with them. It's really cool. So yeah, right now we're still holding strong at like good solid 20 plus viewers. I'm going to see if there's any new donations real quick.
2: Hi, everybody.
1: Oh, ho. Oh. Just recently, we have shot up to $590. Woo! Hell yeah. So, thank Very you for good. our most recent donations. It looks like another 15. Oh, okay. So, yeah, along the list here, we've got five minutes ago, we have Jacob Beckstead giving $20, Anonymous with $100, Duh. Jackson Hurley with $15, and Jack Canales with $20. So, thank you all so much. A lot of oh, Jacks yeah. and Jacobs, but that is aka okay. I don't. <laughs> No J based bias on where the, the money J. comes from. You are all fantastic. Shout out to the J's. You're
2: filling our J holes right on up.
1: Nope. Not, not, no J holes, please. I don't, I don't, <laughs> don't want to picture it. Don't want to J crew. Is Stay fine. away from, from my J hole. <laughs> Thank you. Wolf. So the party has been introduced to a rat gatekeeper named Clipper. He's constantly
5: telling people that they're not really rats. <laughs>
1: Yeah, (laughs) just constantly gaslighting rodents (laughs) clipper is a dirty gray rat who has a tiny lantern tied to his thick tail. And he wears shaggy tattered fabrics like a ghillie suit. So he ushers you all into this huge bird cage and, uh, he pulls on some of the chains and you hear a bell ring from down below. And after a moment, there is a slow grinding and a rattle as the wobbly old cage begins to descend into the darkness. Into the obscuring, seemingly infinite expanse of thick wood, crooked nails. But after a moment, you pass the threshold of the stairs, and the world lights up. There is a huge city below you, nestled into a space between two mighty stone walls. To the crofters, nothing more than a tight, musty gap in the wall. But to these creatures, a metropolis. Milk crates and wooden boxes are stacked high along the walls, supported by metal bars, making grand buildings that reach all the way to the ceiling. Lit windows reveal thousands of awoken beasts in their tiny homes, moving along narrow walkways connecting the two mirrored sides of the city. Tiny sets of clothes dry on twine between the refuse skyscrapers. The ceiling, now far above you, In your descent is an absolute cloud of spiderwebs, and full of life as arachnids descend like aerialists on Gossamer into the city below. The streets are teeming with life. There's so much energy, there's so many smells. Music from multiple sources, rats shouting. The energy and noise are impossible to process. The cage comes to a slow, lurching stop. And the chains are moved, and pulleys are reset, and the door swings open. Clipper moves with a purpose as he leads you into the giant thoroughfare of the city of Crawl, domain of the cellar lords, a city below the crofters' castle. Their proximity to the food stores and the safety of their enclosure makes it a thriving, overpopulated, and messy mecca. You notice on the far outskirts of the city as you make your way in a series of large tents erected from some great white-and-blue striped piece of fabric. Nobody is around them. None entering seem to go anywhere near them. Uh, Elazar, go ahead and make me a perception check, please. That's a 17 plus 5. You catch a glimpse from some of the tent flaps that there are a few pair of eyes peering out. Just a couple of rats, small and sickly. One of them is tightly bound in bandages around his face, the other is missing an arm which sports a bound up stump. Their fur was once brown, but now almost green in places. They are the plague marked, and this is where they have been quarantined.
7: I
6: believe I might have kin here,
1: such as they are. I never seen any quite as bad as you. (laughs) Seems a shame to bring you in front of the cellar king, being as nasty as you is, but that brain of yours seems real fascinating. I do
6: what I can to cover myself. Hopefully I do not offend.
1: Tiana, you hear a whisper in your ear, from Springwise. He says, "I can't go with you any further. I'm a wanted man. Remember."
3: I understand.
1: Thank you for everything you did. I need to get lost. It was it was nice meeting you, Tiana Bisquick, and, and your friends. If I ever meet you again, I have a life debt.
3: It was nice meeting you as well. I'll count you among our friends.
1: And if anyone isn't paying super attention, they don't even notice that Timble vanishes, as that is what he does. But any further in his whole being wanted in crawl is going to come back to bite him. So in the streets of the city, you mostly see rats all on the move, working, trading. There's a great deal of mice as well, but you almost wouldn't notice them if you didn't look for them. They seem to stay out of the way, almost subservient to the rats. There are a few weasels and squirrels standing ahead over the others, clearly here on business. You pass by a large dugout hole between crates where rats crowd around, and a pair of unarmored badgers are locked in a bloody unarmed combat. It's mostly a grapple, but badgers grapple for blood. Rats cheer and place bets in food and baubles. One participant is a plump mouse leaning over the railing, shouting for blood. That's one thing all of these dwellers seem to have in common. The rats of Undermile are sleek and move with grace. These rats all sport huge round haunches, plump bellies. They waddle as they clamber from platform to platform. Still with the agility of their kin, but clearly living in luxury has prepared them more for winter than agility. As you make your way through the streets, you pause as a being kind of on guard and cautious. Something from above you catches your eye as a shadows cast from one of the nearby light posts and a large spider, an orb weaver is descending on a string immediately towards you and plops down into the street in front of you in the path you were heading with a shocking amount of grace with all eight limbs. It enters a gracious bow in front of you.
3: Tiana doesn't hesitate to lift her hat and bow in return. Well met, well met. Who do we
4: have the pleasure of meeting?
1: My name is Six Strings of Silver, servant of the Church of Eternal Harvest. I was told of your coming, those who have been chosen by the First Crofter, and I have a gift to help you on your mission. These came to me by the hands of fate, much as the Curios came to you. And Six Strings of Silver pulls out a webby mesh bag made of its own silk and empties it onto the street in front of you using the bag kind of as a platter to present it. And there are four tiny black strawberries.
4: Well, your your gifts have
1: gone rotten. No, no. These are special fruits from the Crofter's secret garden. Even few members of the church know of its existence. But I move among them silently tending to the weeds and helping the crafters however I can. These were ready to pluck, but they have not been tended to. If they do not go with you and get used, they will go bad. But they should help you when the time is right.
4: When Six Strings questions the knowledge of the leaders, can I make an insight check?
1: The knowledge of the leaders? Oh, of the church? Yeah, yeah sure. the church.
4: Yeah, like the leaders of
1: the church. Oh, absolutely,
4: yes. Yeah, like... The- <laughs> He's showing me some rotten berries. All right. That's a seven. Okay.
1: You're hard to get a read. You don't know about the mannerisms of spiders. They seem to have a different approach to social constructs than most other dwellers. And uh, this one's no exception. You do have a keen nose for the smell of rotten fruit, and these smell sweet and ripe.
3: I just like, Bosco's just like, I can always tell by their face if they're lying.
1: (laughs) This thing's just like...
3: Fuck me! My eyes don't work anymore. Which
1: part is the face? (laughs) It's got some. I've been talking to this thing's ass
5: for the last fifteen minutes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Especially an orb weaver. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's like a fucking Skulltola.
4: and uh, it's just kind of
1: waiting in this gracious bow, waiting for you to accept its gift.
4: Now you said it was intended to.
6: How does one tend to it? It is not my custom to refuse a gift, especially one so delicious. Tell me, six strings of silver, what to what purpose do you hope these are put? These are
1: blessed with the crafter's own magic. If you are wounded or sick, they will make you right. There is one for each of you. So these strawberries will function as a healing potion, exactly mechanically as a healing potion would, but you don't know how much they heal, only that that's what they do.
3: Nice. Tiana returns the gracious bow and says, I find myself agreeing with Elazar once again. And she kind of lowers and unties a a knit bindle in which she keeps her things. And she kind of smiles to the spider and, and comments. I think we share some of the same hobbies. Fascinating. Lovely stitch work. Understand,
1: some serve the church by listening to the old ones speak, and sitting in the pews. And some serve the church by listening to the wind, feeling the earth under their feet, singing the song of the earth mother. I thank you for this gift.
2: Uh, My spider friend, but, um, do, do the crofters use this on themselves? I have very recently learned that they are full of so much
1: blood. Magic. <laughs> To us, from the crofters, It's just normal behavior to their kind. What they do is beyond our understanding.
2: I have heard Tutor Bonarbus say this before, but until today I did not understand its depths. Thank you for, um, I said this already, but but, uh, thank you again.
1: A simple nail to them might mend a roof and stop a leak. But to our kind, it could start a war. And that is the first reward-based deus ex machina from the donations to Hazel's house. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. the servant, six strings of silver. And silently, they ascend back into the heavens, into the cloud of webs.
3: Thank you for
2: your donation,
3: fruit. (laughs) I hope that every donation just arrives by spider.
1: (laughs) I had an idea that the spiders would be the arbiters of that, but I'm not sold on it completely yet.
3: That's very cool.
1: Clipper, who watches all of this happen, just goes, mm,
3: laddi la <laughs> Bloody,
1: perhaps,
6: duh, perhaps not. It has been some time since I've gained so much attention
1: and care. I uh, am <laughs> not used to it. Clipper gestures to the city streets. Well, this is a great place to feel ignored as well. You don't mean two farts to most of these rats, so rest assured you ain't that important. <laughs> Thank you. You're led faster now, past a market district. There isn't as much food for trade as you may have guessed, but there are more numinous items than you have ever laid eyes on. Hair combs being sold one tooth at a time. Spools of thread. Screws and nails being forged into swords. Bars of soap being shaved down and sold in fragments. And some of the lower buildings appear to be renovated wine boxes where drunken rats come staggering out and mice zip about delivering them thimbles and caps of alcohol to the impatient customers. The cellar lords love their drink. You arrive finally to near the furthest wall, where there are broken pallets stacked up like a great ascending staircase, and atop them is something unbelievable. It's a crofter's castle, a replica on a small scale. Carved windows, hinged doors, four floors surrounded by panes and fake plants. It's a dollhouse. Guards stand at the ready all around, well-armed martins with long spears. Clipper pulls one of them down and whispers into its ear, and it goes running off on all fours towards the building. Welcome to Spence Palace, Castle of the Lords, and home to King Lutrius
7: IV. Your presence has been announced.
1: After a moment, several eyes peer out of the many windows. Clipper gives a wave, and uh, in another moment, the doors open. This is the finest
2: establishment I have had the privilege of entering. I wish I didn't feel like I was on the moment, but the, the edge of all of my feathers falling out.
6: If you'd like, I can provide you something for the nerves. That would be nice. It was a tincture. If you have any water, I can add to it.
2: Certainly. Yeah. I'll hop around and shimmy my little bird waist toward you with a pouch of water on it. I shuffle into my uh, herbalism kit and I pull out a bottle
5: of what looks like a vaguely yellowish liquid and I add several drops into it.
2: Try not to
6: operate anything large or complex.
2: Does a vast weight of the great weave of magic from the crafters and the Earth Mother count as something large and complex? This might help with that, actually.
4: I wouldn't worry about it.
1: (laughs) Are you telling him not to, like, operate a forklift or something? Basically. (laughs) Is
4: is that literally a fork with a bunch of rubber bands? (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Dwellers of Undermile have just, like, fulcrums mused with forks. (laughs) It's a
2: forklift. Yeah. I'll drink back your mysterious concoction. It's laudanum. (laughs) It was either going to be that or rat piss. So I'm happy either way.
1: Roll me a con save. You got it. Just to see how hard it hits you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Aha. Not a one this time. Uh, I get an 11. All right.
1: Um, You've gone out for a few drinks with your college roommates and stuff now and then. But uh, this this sneaks up on you real fast. Like as you're. Soon led after the doors open by a pair of guards with Clipper at the lead up the uh, let me actually get my place in the uh, notes here as my brain fog is very thick up these pallet steps and into the luxurious foyer of the dollhouse. You actually start like bumping into some of the walls, not being able to keep a straight path very well. Um, but your nerves are relaxed.
5: As Eleazar, uh finishes top- topping off the cap, he takes the remnant that's on his fingers and he licks them. Mm <laughs> hmm. This is one of the only ways I can get through a day.
1: That's a feel. That's a vibe. I relate with that. I thank you for this. This building was not built with
2: birds in mind. Most aren't.
1: (laughs) So this massive foyer has been converted into a throne room. The matching curved stairs leading up meet at a now stage where many chairs are gathered facing outward, looking down. Rats in fine silks and gaudy adornments chitter to one another from above, sipping from plastic goblets. In the middle is a vast throne of tin and bound wire, padded with quilted leather. The rat upon it outshines all the others present in adornment, finery, consumption, and size. He is huge. His bright yellow teeth shine as he laughs. He's surrounded by young female rats and mice, his brides, Some, you might think to yourself, too young. They sit silently staring at nothing, only moving to hand him a plump blueberry, or refill his wine from a huge glass bottle tilted on its side up one of the staircases. Love this guy. (laughs) Oh, I have art. (gasps) Did I not import a Cellar King art piece? Oh no, one second. This is too important not not to do. As you enter to the center of the room, it goes silent. There's a tall, skinny rat in a fine suit and a tall hat and a wide-eyed mouse with big, round hips wearing a gown of foil. And there's a tomato bug in her lap purring as she pets it. And there's a pair of rat lords who look as if they could be twins passing a drink back and forth between them. The contrast of their red and black robes is the only thing keeping them from being identical. Clipper speaks up. My kings and cellar lords, I present you the representatives, uh, the the Church of Eternal Harvest, the ones we've been expecting. I hope I remember his voice. It was so good, and I've been so brain foggy. Uh stopping in his mid conversation, the cellar king speaks out.
7: Clipper, why are you not with the arrows watching the door? Nights have been dangerous lately.
5: I gently push Tiana forward, just on their back.
1: To do the speaking? Yes,
5: exactly. <laughs> I kind of just gently urge her forward with my staff.
1: Excellent. Uh, well, if any of you were to speak, Tiana has been ushered forward the most. Clipper is still doing his little tirade, though. This one has a scientific mind, my lord, and I claim Horda's rights. I bring the gift of his mind to you, a gift for all the lord's wealth, so that the wealth may too be seen by all of us and ours.
7: I see, Clipper, you greedy little monster. <laughs> This is a fine tribute to our horde, the horde of the people. Tell me, Rat, do you come to serve as my scientist's mind? We have many progressing the ways of our people, advancing us greatly using the aid of the Crofters' Guild. I know
6: some little in the arts of medicines and chemistries. However... As you well know, I am in
7: service to a greater purpose. Then I suppose you have come to me without a kind of gift. This is most unkind in our court. I can, however, provide you information how you might take better
6: care of those like me in your walls. I will... I will provide you the resources necessary. You see, our infection is spread through unique means, and I would, if I could, help prevent others from succumbing. I would also see their suffering reduced.
1: He's sort of half listening to you, and he waves his hand towards a couple of the weasel guards, and they speak up. You will all
7: remove your headdressings in the presence of the cellar lords. I do not think you wish that. Stand up straight, Rat, he says, looking down at you. For a moment if that were possible i assure you i would uh, my illness
6: is quite advanced
1: <coughs> he seems to be studying you with a keen eye do the rest of you remove your hats or
2: valerius is bowed down to the king so low that his beak is just resting on the ground <laughs> and he may be using that as extra support in his little hazy moment <laughs>
1: he's kind of dozed off <laughs>
2: When they ask for him to remove his hat, he'll just reach up one of his talons and kick it off of his head, but keep his beak on the ground.
1: (laughs) Well, I know Bosco Uh, don't wear no hat. Don't wear no hat.
2: And is, you know, did the bow,
4: but then is now, you know, standing like a soldier in front of him.
3: Tiana, the moment he says that we should remove our hats, grabs her hat and holds it to her chest. And a few seconds later, like, looks at her companions, uh, not having realized that they were bowing, and quickly bows.
1: Analyzing Elazar, the king seems to kind of smile and laugh to himself.
7: <laughs> this one leaves a stink wherever he goes. Not from his sickness, but from the size of his balls. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, my king. You are deceptively large, Rat. I am. Once strong, I assume. Oh, the strongest, I assure you. But nowadays
6: that strength has been sapped from me. Blood drop by drop from my sores. Hmm.
7: After you're done with whatever silly mission the church has you running about for, you should return here. You would do well, serving as one of my scientists. You come with many things I value: size, cleverness, courage, and of course, he says, narrowing his eyes, bit of a reputation. <laughs>
5: Eleazar starts to kind of climb up his staff and hold himself
6: to full height to the best of his ability. I assure you, whatever reputation you suspect me of having is long since dead. Thrice, in fact.
1: Despite his somewhat foul appearance and just lazy ways, you can tell this uh, king has a bit of a cunning intelligence behind him. He looks to Bosco and
7: says, You there, you do quite well in the fighting pits, I assume. You could find yourself a great deal of wealth. The champion fighters live a life of luxury here in our great city. Well, I don't fight for luxury. Don't fight for riches. Fight for honor. That can be found in the pits as well.
4: (laughs) I I mean, no disrespect, but it's not the kind of honor I'm looking for. Uh, I've served the boroughs... For years uh, past offenses to be honest other badges don't provide much
7: challenge to me anyway your crow seems to be snoozing in my court you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. uh, excuse
2: me my lord hyphus cleanings a great pin feathers of mystery deep in your cups are you bird well I don't know if I'd call it a
6: cup From when I drank for it, it was more of a soft bag. A soft vet bag. This insult is my doing. He was uh, suffering from a nervous disposition, and I gave him a small tincture. Perhaps Insult? (laughs) I'm jealous. (laughs) Perhaps my king uh, would
7: favor uh, a drink. It's quite nice. After business has been attended to, of course. Nice. I
2: saw something that I don't believe that our kind was meant to see. I, I saw something jarring, something that defies what I was taught in the rookery. And I feel like I was supposed to say something to you, or maybe give something to you, but I can't quite remember what that was supposed to be. Excuse me, my lord.
1: While you're the talking, all, he's very been snapping nice. his fingers. And uh, a couple of mice come scampering from the back, bringing him a piece of parchment that seems like it's been already opened. And he reads over, you recognize in passing one of the seals on it is the wax seal
7: of the uh, Church of Eternal Harvest. He kind of speed reads it for a moment. Yes. Apparently you came here looking for some information, thinking that our cellar lords know all the doings of the crafters. You're not terribly wrong, of course. <laughs> but... You have come without anything to offer, save for potential future service, which is not of much use to me as it stands.
5: I nudge Tienna again.
3: Oh, we, we did bring something, your grace.
1: He immediately narrows his eyes as though he didn't even notice there was a mouse here. Looking at the marking on your, on your tabard and the blade at your hip and says,
7: Biscuit. Yes. My father spoke of a biscuit many times with a sharp tongue.
3: I. I'm afraid you'll find little sharpness here. You speak of my grandmother,
7: Jemina. She had a reputation of much sharpness indeed. She was a less of a pin and more of a thorn in his side more than once in his doings. So curious that her blood find its way into my court.
3: Tiana nods and, and kind of gives a little bow and then scampers over to Valerius and kind of starts yanking this ring off of his neck. Here, let me up. It is not graceful. Sorry, go ahead, Bob. <laughs> I'll help.
4: I'll help. And make it graceful.
2: <laughs> Valerius puts up. No struggle at all. The only struggle is keeping himself on his own two feet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The tension of the situation is slightly sobering, but your legs are still a little wobbly.
5: While they are doing this, I'm going to uh, fuss about in my herbalism kit, and I'm going to put a hearty, hearty dose of arsenic in my bottle of laudanum.
1: Hmm. Interesting. So you now have the ring off of Valerius's neck.
3: I... Thank you, Bosco. Tiana will will take the ring and kind of walk it up to the cellar <laughs> king and and ah. offer it. Well, you should waddle with your knees, not your back.
1: <laughs> and and Clipper kind of lifts his voice as you do this and says, I, I have to bring them here. I, I, I claim some looter's rights to this.
7: The king looks down at him. <sighs> Clipper, you greedy little monster. This is indeed a fine tribute to our horde, the horde and the people. <laughs> but, my lord, will I know wealth this day? Always waiting for the next payday. You will grow tiresome, Clipper. Fine, lord of treasures. Mark him down for five... Uh, make it six credits. It will be known among the sellers of the city in no time. <laughs> Enjoy yourself and be gone from my court. I have business to attend with these outsiders. Uh,
1: Thank you. Thank you, my king and my lords. Uh, Thank you. And he immediately scampers out, seeming as though he didn't really want to be here the whole time.
7: A fine gift. I will add it to my museum. Beautiful. And unbroken, he says, studying the gem for a moment. Now, you have come to us for information. But I was told that you would be bringing me a prisoner that was wanted for the most heinous crimes. Yes, unfortunately,
6: you might recall that the prisoner being brought was specialized in (laughs) roguish techniques. And we are simply, well, individuals of such split talent. None of us are professional jailers. He seems to have slipped our grasp. We hope desperately... That the ring is adequate. And please take this bottle of the same tincture which I gave to our friend here. It is uh, advised that you use only small portions. Very small. Uh,
1: Yes, well, Uh, I need you to roll me a deception check. 14? Okay. Could I? Never mind.
7: I'm too late on this. (laughs) It's all right. I would be happy to join you with some. Libations after business has been tended to. Only wine during court. We have our rules, and without rules, society has no meaning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is not for me, sir, I, uh, my lord, my, my king. This is for you.
6: One such as yourself should not share something such as this with others.
7: Hmm.
1: He snaps his fingers, and a couple of mice will come down and grab it. We will see.
7: Now, you want information... But you do not bring me the prisoner that I requested. It seems that your guard chose group most unfit for escorting a simple rat to my court. Dubious at best, but not my business. That said, we have many prisoners here in Kral that need to face justice. The time is upon us to execute such things, because you need information and I know where to get it. And that is exactly the point of your arrival, isn't it not? I think so.
2: I, I think that you are um, meant to be a, a great a passage between where we are and, and where we need to go, and, and a great passage you are. Elzar begins licking
5: his fingers, trying to get
2: what
7: little laudanum was there of. Sure. Guards, go to the nearby barracks and fetch me one of the specimens. They are needed. They must be hungry, so take mind not to go near their mouths. <laughs> yes. And a couple of the Martin guards leave the room,
1: gracefully bowing at their king. And uh, in a short time, they return with a figure who is also bound in a similar way that Springwise was. But this is not a simple rat, this is a mongrel, bound at the mouth, the ankles, and the wrists thrashing madness in its eyes, emaciated as though it hasn't eaten in weeks.
7: And sickly. It says, You want information? We will take you to it. A trade. Everything, in the end, after all, is a trade. Guards, take these chosen holy warriors and their prisoner scum to go and see Aubergine. She will answer all of your questions. Justice will be served once more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pardon me. So sick. Oh, good, Some wine
5: down the wrong pipe.
2: Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't don't drink from the arsenic I drink anyway, too
1: dude.
7: much cheese. <laughs> 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 Someday it will fondue me in. Oh no. <laughs>
1: It's just a goblet of melted cheese. And that's kingly.
5: Just breathe.
6: <coughs> <laughs> just breathe. <laughs> I, I pray thee, King. I have made. I have made a gravest error. <laughs> M- might I have but a, a drop or two uh, before I go? It is how I manage my pain.
7: We have rules here about taking back from a gift given of, of, to the king in the court. Of course. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I, I will. I will simply find other, other avenues.
6: Thank you. And he continues to suck his fingers.
1: The guards that are escorting this thrashing mongrel rat gesture for you to follow them. And the guards lead you out of the castle through passages that you're certain most of the citizens don't know about. Past portraits of kings from long ago and relics on display behind thick plastic. A firebox. One of the bellows black teeth. A pocket sword on a hinge. A bronze key. A plastic tube with a stinger on the end of it, and a little bit of liquid inside. There's no dust on that one. And then two large doors swing open. You didn't even realize how long it took them to unlock these doors. Many bars, many bolts, and many chains were removed. And the chamber beyond is massive. Huge wooden walls, so tall that you can barely see the top a space almost as large as the chamber that holds the city itself. The ground is covered in straw. It's warm. It smells bad. Very bad. Like decay. And something that sends every last one of your nerves on edge. Something your animal brain screams at the thought of. There are bones among the straw. There is a warm breath in the air gentle chorus of panting hair piss meat danger the shadows come to life as the door behind you slams shut and the rattling percussion of bolts and chains plays a song most cruel two huge purple eyes illuminate like gems and silent as a swooping owl the long claws and white fangs of the farm cat come into view and that's where we will end chapter two of
3: uh, Holy shit. shit!
1: I'm sorry we haven't had any combat yet, but these clever uh, bastards found a way to negotiate out of it. And I'm <laughs> all into it. We're not getting out of this story without some fights. Trust me. But thus far, even though we have to lock you in a room with a oh, cat. No.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but there's some, some fucking, some good character work from everyone today and I'm loving it.
3: Thank you. Today I loved was yours. Great. Mm. Hell yeah. There was yeah, no yeah. good place for it, but I just want to be like, jam jam could be something of a poorly sanded chair. <laughs> 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 Means she's only prickly to assholes.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice.
3: Yeah. Cellar King. Uh,
1: that is not the voice I had planned for him, but it worked at the time. So uh, hey, I was, it's great. I was I love- way too brain foggy to keep track of it all. That Dude. is Okay. Job of the, the
2: rat is fucking awesome.
5: It's a great scene. I love that. Uh, there's only enough uh, arsenic in there to kill a person his size if he consumes more than two thirds of it. Mm. Uh, and the cool part is arsenic just kind of gets stored in your body, so it doesn't matter on what timeline he does it. By the time he gets like halfway through the bottle, he'll start getting real sick. Interesting.
2: <laughs> arsenic is stored in the rat balls. <laughs> it just kind of hangs out.
1: <laughs> so um, I'm gonna oh. <laughs> Thank you for dropping the link again. I was just about to do that. I got you. And I will update that again real quick, and then we'll give ourselves a nice little outro. Hell yeah.
2: That was super fun. That was so much fun. Today mm-hmm. was great.
1: Let me refresh this page and make sure I'm not missing anything. We are now at $692 for Hazel. Oh house. my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Holy fuck. So that means we have $10 from Scott Comerford. from Jason Heim and 42 from anonymous. So thank you all so much. That means in the next episode, there will be another. Deus ex machina.
3: Another spider.
1: It might not be a spider, but it'll be something fun to help you on your way. So uh, let's do a quick. Go ahead and plug yourselves. Right.
3: Here's a gift of spider knives. Sorry.
1: (laughs) I also like the idea that in this world, the spiders all have similar names to that,
3: like uh
1: long flowy cool. poetry.
3: Yeah, but it's all just um, a little weird. I, I love that. And it's actually how the spider folk are named in Pathfinder. What?
1: Damn it. If Pathfinder, you didn't know that. Quit, quit. No, I've never looked at anything. Concurrent good ideas. God damn it. Why is it always happen that way?
5: We're all standing on the shoulders of the same
1: giants. And so. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Right. But I was facing the other way. I
3: didn't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't bought an RPG book since the uh, Adventurer's Guide 5e. Like the what's the first one. What was it? Player's Handbook? No, Swords Coast oh, Adventurer's Guide.
2: Sword Coast. The SCAG, which yeah, is the, the worst SCAG. acronym for any book ever. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I love it. It's so,
1: awful. Why don't we go down and uh, give ourselves all a little plug, starting with Mr. Max.
2: Fuck Yeah. Hey, my sweet baby, sweet baby everybody. Uh, my name is Max Hobbs. You can find me at Dungeon Master Max pretty much anywhere online. I play Wusha Brinechild on League of Ultimate Questing, and I am also one of the co-hosts of Help Action, help dash, like the punctuation mark, action.com, help-action.com. Hyphen, hyphen <laughs> You can find us there. You can find me there. And I can find, I can't find you there. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Don't listen to that last part. I don't know what I'm talking about. I won't find you.
1: Hey, thank you you for the link.
2: Hell yeah. Mm.
4: I'm Angelo Kaluig. You can find me on season two of the league of ultimate questing battle axis on this year channel and on this year podcast.
3: Yeah. Mm Hmm. I am Dana Ebert. I uh, it's Pride this weekend, so happy pride to everyone happy that's pride. going out.
0: Hell yeah. Happy Be fun.
3: safe. And uh related to that, today I was featured in the Paiso blog for their pride, uh for their pride entry.
1: I and love cool. your, your little section so much. It filled <laughs> me with so much joy. It's
3: one sentence. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It was, it was the most powerful <laughs> sentence.
3: I, I've been featured on their blog like four or five times now. So I just, I gave them one line that really encapsulated who I am as a person. Anyway. Uh, that's uh, a
1: hill that we I will happily die on with you. If you
3: know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, totally. And it's it's not a joke. No, absolutely um,
1: yeah.
3: not. <laughs> There's be, some really, really queer content coming out over the next 12 months.
1: I love to see it. We all love to see it.
3: Oh,
5: me. Is that me?
1: Jmax? Schm-
5: <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Zach. Zach Barkas. I am the technical director for Slapdash Studios, Law's business partner, and and uh, DM for the League of Ultimate Questing. Uh, somebody earlier said that Skag is a really good name for a goblin, and I agree, but I don't feel like any name is going to be better than Ballforth.
1: <laughs> no, I had Ballforth pop in my head the other day, actually. <laughs> the
5: stupidest <laughs> goblin name ever. Um, it, was, it was wonderful. I am so delighted to be here and I'm really loving this character and everybody's like, everything everyone's doing is making me so happy. So thank you, Law, for orchestrating everything and working boxer. Th- working through incredible
3: illness. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Dude. He is the illest game master mm-hmm. it's
1: true. of all time. So nasty. <laughs> I've, I've been saving up my past two days of energy to be able to talk for two hours today and not have to lay down. <laughs> dude, way You're-
2: to fucking bring it, though your recording
5: here is going to fucking kill.
1: Oh, yeah. for sure. But yeah, they avoided a big fight with the trap breakers, and I'm going to spoil it for the audience cuz it did have art involved. In one of those baskets, they were hiding a tamed hognose snake that the party was going to have to get out with. <gasps> um which was part of the it. the signals that they were giving each other is uh oh, it's Lordy. One of the weapons the trap breakers use against strong foes.
3: Plus well, I'm glad I didn't get eaten, eaten today.
1: But if <laughs> oh, I, I ever release if I ever release any of the under mile shit that I put together very sloppily, um, I can include the stat blocks and stuff for people to use of the giant hognose snake and the trap. Yeah. And shit. But yeah, um, thank you. And just because we're not streaming the rest of the week, feel free to donate at any time. I will update at the beginning of the next stream. Like we got some more after the last one from episode one was done. And, uh, that's why we started at like 4:20. All well, nice. Um, Plays it. And, uh, yeah, everyone have a good pride weekend. I'm going to probably change, the under mile logo for next week to have some fun. Mm. Inclusive rainbows in it. And uh, Hey Lon, real like quick. That? Yes. Who the hell are you? We all
2: did little introductions things. Oh, Who are you? I'm,
1: I'm just a sick boy sitting in his little fart chamber. <laughs> no, um <laughs> You're the sickest boy. I'm I'm Pickle's cat dad, and I'm the creative director of Slapdash, Dungeon Master of Season One of the L U Q, and player of Iavos Isadora in so season one and player in season two. I don't know if I said that right. I can't even remember what just came out of my mouth. You know, Nailed That's it. fair, man. DM season one, player season two. And uh, maker of many dumb butt commercials. And uh, <laughs> we will see you next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific time for more under Undermile. Um, we can find out what happens with the chosen heroes and the farm cat. And learn more about the mystery that befell the crofters. And let me tell you, there's, there's a lot more big plot drops to come. And I look forward to sharing them with you. Thank you all for your donations so much. And if you haven't yet in the off chance, just go ahead and like, and subscribe to the channel so that you can catch all of our other streams throughout the week. I'm going to be homesick for a while. So I'm going to try to do more streaming, even though it's not conducive to talking and thinking just stuck and bored. So love you all. I love my players and we will see you next time until then. We wish you mice.
3: (laughs) Awful.